You're listening to Framework, where we dig into the planning, research, design, and development work that goes into bringing a product to market. I'm Rob Hayes. And I'm Tom Creighton. And today we're talking about payment schedules with Eric Pujmarty. Eric, how about a short intro to yourself and where you work? Sure. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is Eric Pujmarty. I'm a UX designer at FreshBooks. So payment schedules, um, what, is, what is the product problem that you're trying to solve by, by building this? So at FreshBooks, we're kind of building a world where small service-based businesses can uh, successfully run their businesses without having to learn accounting. Um, so a, that's kind of the platform in which sort of Fresh, FreshBooks was uh, kind of conceived. And a big part of that for businesses is being able to build their clients for, for work that they're doing. Um, so, uh, you know, FreshBooks today kind of already has invoicing and other sort of billing tools. Um, and payment schedules was kind of the conception of an extension to that and kind of a optimization to certain processes um, and sort of workflows that we've start to see a lot of our customers end up dealing with within our, our platform. Nice. Uh, what kind of problems were your customers running into that you discovered along the way that really put you guys on the path towards building out payment schedules? So, uh, you know, early, early last year, we did a lot of uh, ethnographic research where, you know, our teams actually went out of uh, our office to meet customers uh, in their homes, in their workplaces, in co-working spaces, um, to start to kind of get to know our customers a lot better. Uh, and in part, in part of that research, we kind of uncovered many different various insights um, about our customers when it comes to running their businesses. Um, things like uh, you know how they get paid for the work that they do, um, some of the challenges with you know asking for money. Um, a lot of freelancers and small businesses really struggle, you know, with that kind of uh, relationship and asking for money, which is uh, which is a really challenging problem for them. And a big part of that as well is just uh, that a lot of the tools within FreshBooks isn't flexible enough to match how they want to build their clients uh, for the work that they're doing. So um, a lot a lot of the, the insights that kind of drove this uh, were kind of uh, born from really just talking to customers and seeing seen sort of, uh, you know, how they interact with, with our tools. Um, but sort of the, the big problem that you know, arose to this specific um, sort of thing is that a lot of our clients who work uh, with, you know, clients for over a long period of time, they do large projects, they often have to build them in these large portions, which um, can be a big challenge because if, you know, uh, as a client, if I'm hiring someone to build my website and they bill me for, you know, 10 grand, uh, it's very likely that I won't be able to pay that all at once. So um, the solution really it, that we kind of came across was a way to be able to break down this huge project into smaller pieces uh, to make it just easier for everyone to kind of manage that uh, payment process. So this wasn't particularly a, a new problem that you were uncovering in your research so much as, as right. a, a piece of functionality that really everyone could potentially use. Right. Yeah, that's correct. It, it's not. It wasn't necessarily a new problem a new uh, problem, but it, it was kind of an extension um, to, to the solution that FreshBooks kind of already solves as well. Okay. So when your team's actually going out to do that ethnographic research, mm -hmm. are you going out with a particular problem in mind to research or are you more just looking at your user's workflow to see what kind of problems and patterns pop up as, as, as you watch them in their day to day? So, uh, it's a, it's a little bit of both. Uh, we, you know, initially at the beginning of last year started just doing some kind of base, uh, you know, 
understanding of our customers, who our customers are, and what uh, you know, what what do they do, and how how do they sort of run their businesses, just to kind of expose some overall um, sort of you know issues and potential opportunities for us to investigate. So that was kind of the first uh, the first step of that, and then. So a lot of our teams, the product teams at FreshBooks, went out last year to do a lot of this generative sort of research. And then we took all that research back and started to identify a few kind of key areas that we might want to explore. Uh, and that helped us sort of dig a little bit deeper into specific parts that each of our teams sort of focus on within the product. So each team took a sort of a different tack on on what was interesting uh, to to their sort of functionality or their vertical within FreshBooks. Right, that's correct. So e- each of the product teams have a specific mandate or focus area within the product. It's not specifically a set of features, but it's a sort of like general sentiment of, of uh, di- a different part of the product. So um, each of the teams, as, as we went out and did this very generative sort of research, we started to figure out, you know, are there learnings that we learned or other teams... Uh, sort of insights that other teams have gathered that can help us sort of figure out, uh, you know, potential problems to start exploring for, for that given year. So who on your team gets involved in this? Is it is it just design leading this or do you have researchers? Is engineering involved in any way? So uh, th- this was a bit of a new process for us uh, starting last year. So initially it was just uh, des- the designers and the product managers um, from each of the teams across the org. So um, there's about 10 different product teams. So 10 separate teams sort of went out to do this sort of research uh, starting last year. So it was just uh, design and product essentially. Okay, cool. Can you just give us a bit of a walkthrough of what your research activities look like? Um, I'm kind of curious you know, how, how you guys recruit and who you recruit and, you know, what, what types of uh, research methods that you guys use for this? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. So uh, for a lot of this sort of uh, generative research, we actually call it uh, customer intimacy. Um, so it, it was really an exercise, to, you know, to get a little bit intimate to know our customers. Great name. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great term. We, we didn't come up with it. Um, but what, what we did essentially, um, you know, FreshBooks is a Toronto-based uh, startup, so uh, we reach out to um, you know a list of you know thousands of Toronto customers um, that are local or in the GTA area, and uh, we essentially sent out you know uh, an email saying, hey, you know we, you know FreshBooks is really striving to get to know our customers better, and over the years, um, you know, we found this process to be very useful for helped us helping us identify. Uh, potential ways that we can improve our products. So we reached out to uh, about over a thousand customers, asking asking them to invite us into their uh, into their homes, their office, a coffee shop, wherever they work, so we can get a better sense of you know what they do and actually get to see the environment in which they work in day to day. So uh, we sent out uh, an email just to you know recruit them, and then once they signed up, we sort of ran through all the logistics in terms of you know finding a appropriate time to meet with them uh obviously figuring out transportation wise like how do we get around the city to meet all these different customers uh and my team specifically i think we met with about 12 to 15 different customers uh within a couple a couple weeks i've actually gotten one of those emails before and uh, (laughs) i didn't respond because i wasn't sure how much i wanted people uh judging me as I sat around my home office in my <laughs> jogging pants. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that, that that that's definitely a big challenge in doing this sort of research is, um, you know, getting to 
understand, you know, what, you know, what's the value for our customers in us doing this, but also, you know, what can we get out of it and how can we make this a comfortable and enjoyable experience for, for both parties? So that's kind of, that was kind of a really key for us to be able to, you know, for people to open up, you know, their homes uh, or their offices or even just take time out of their day to meet with us. I imagine you got a lot of really good data uh, from from seeing people use the product, you know, in in the place where they actually use it. How did you how did you take that back and and then like synthesize that and and eventually end up with the idea of payment schedules versus, you know, a, any other kind of of solution or approach to the problem that you found? Uh, it it took several weeks to be honest uh, for for all all the teams who went out to do this research to come back, synthesize through all all this sort of research. Um, a lot of that lives uh, on sort of a, a Dropbox paper sort of library where all of our teams can access each other's research. So um, we started kind of pulling out key sort of insights and things that we learned along the way that pertain to our teams, uh, while also looking across. Uh, the org to see, you know, if if the insights we gathered also matched up with others. Um, so it it took you know a number of weeks just to go through all the data and all that sort of research. Um, with you know, we record took photos of people's offices. Uh, we recorded all the audio, so we had to go back, you know, to some of our notes and kind of go through that. But at the end, we sort of had a lot of these kind of really key insights that. Uh, you know, to each of the each individual teams seemed like it was an opportunity for us to sort of explore further, and then that kind of helped us set forward for the next few quarters of work to be investigated. Uh, doesn't mean that we are necessarily going to commit to building any of these things, but it was it was more kind of a, a focusing tool for us to figure out. Okay, we think there's opportunities in X, Y, and Z uh, places, so we're going to commit to exploring that a little bit this year. That's interesting. So you'll actually go back to the office and compare notes with all the other teams there. Um, just, for, just for my context, and I guess the listeners, uh, what team are you on? H- how is it defined? Yeah, so I, I work on the, on the payments team, which uh, actually spreads across a couple teams. But essentially, that's you know the, the area within FreshBooks that helps our customers get paid for the work that they do and also uh, build their clients effortlessly uh, for, for you know, the time that they track for a given project. So it's, you're actually seeing that a, a customer's workflow probably cuts across almost every team in the company. So the problems that you're running into don't fit nicely into uh, just the scope of your team. Yeah, the, the, a lot of the insights that we gathered span across so many different areas within the product. So it's really important for us to be able to access each other's sort of research um, because you know so much of it was just spread across uh, different areas within the product. Specifically, yeah. You you mentioned that uh, this is a bit of a, a new way of approaching, uh, I, I guess, feature development for for FreshBooks. Did you guys have this kind of very uh, collaborative process in place previously, even sort of outside the context of, of research? Uh, not necessarily. So, um, you know, at FreshBooks, we've been you know in the last two or three years, we've been spending really uh, rebuilding and redesigning our entire platform from from the ground up. Um, both through research, through design, and through development, uh, you know, all the way across the board. So, the the past two years for our teams have really been building this foundation for the future of of FreshBooks. Um, and you know, once we got to that point where you know the new platform was uh, released and it was accessible to customers, we kind of looked, you know, the 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 product development team, which encompasses design and product, kind of looked across the board and said, you know, how do we know where to go next? Like, where do we start? 
So in in some sense, it was kind of a blank slate for us to like start building on top of this platform in which we poured all this hard work into building. Um, so for us, that was kind of the best way for us to kind of level set, um, to do a lot of this generative research and start to figure out what problems are our customers trying to solve today and are there ways in which FreshBooks can help uh, help them get to to meet those goals. So you said that payment schedules was one of the areas of opportunity that you've identified right? amongst a handful of things. So how do you go about pr- planning, prioritizing, um, and really building out the roadmap in terms of which problems you tackle first? Right. So, so one of the big themes that our team specifically highlighted is that uh, one thing that we identified is that FreshBooks... Um, wasn't flexible enough to meet the billing needs of, of a variety of different types of customers. Um, so, you know, the way in uh, a development shop bills their clients is different than a recording studio or a marketing agency or, you know, someone who sells, um, you know, uh, pool toys. So all these different businesses have their own way of running and billing their customers. So that was kind of the big theme in which, you know, we identified and we thought, hey, there's many things that we can kind of explore within that. So we kind of committed to that sort of theme. And um, within that, there were all, you know several different insights in which we could sort of dive into. Um, so at FreshBooks, our, t- our product teams are very autonomous in the way that we kind of choose what, what to commit to. So um, you know once we had that theme, we had a few kind of key areas in which we could explore. Um, you know Some of them we kind of explored a little bit and did some further research. Um, and before actually coming to a solution, we we you know agreed you know this wasn't something we wanted to invest in, so uh, we would kind of just keep it on the back burner and then move on to the next sort of project to investigate. So um, we actually went through several different uh, small experiments uh, where we actually tested some of these features or other ones that we just researched and, and realized it wasn't a good opportunity uh, before getting to payment schedules, uh, which which kind of uh, evolved out of that. So your team's actually going through some validation, some solution validation on problems right. uh, before committing full resources and, a, and your team's time to building out a proper product release. Right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So another kind of big, big thing that our team kind of ad- adapted last year as well is, um, you know, there's a book by Ash, uh, Mariah, yeah. So, so his book Running Lean kind of talks about this process um, of you know developing a plan to to validate a, you know a, uh, a given sort of uh, problem. So, um, what what we did, you know, once once we sort of had a kind of key area to investigate, what we did is we went out to go talk to customers to dive into uh, you know any given problem and figure out you know is this sort of a problem? Uh, is this something that we can solve? And is there a market for this? Um, and then once sort of kind of getting more information about that, we can start to figure out, okay, you know, here are some of the problems that we identified. Let's go back to customers and figure out which of these problems are, uh, a biggest pain for them. Uh, so what, so, you know, once we have a set of problems identified, we can figure out which ones are, you know, really dire, which ones do our customers really need us to solve for them. So that kind of helps helps us prioritize some of these sort of uh, things as we go along before even getting to any sort of ideation or development for any of the these you know potential solutions. It it sounds like you uh, or your team sort of picked a, an off the shelf framework to to help you 
mm-hmm. you know, think through these ideas and, and validate their sort of their worth to both both FreshBooks and to your customers. How, how much did you have to uh, adjust that in terms of, you know, how, how well does it align with what FreshBooks is trying to do? Or was it a you, you could just kind of run with it from the get go? So so a lot of the our team sort of just ran with it from the get go and changed it as as needed. Um, there weren't many significant changes in in the process. Um, what we did find, you know, using that sort of framework is that uh, it did take a little bit of a longer time than sort of uh, outlined in the book where he kind of goes through things very quickly in a matter of, you know, two or three weeks. Um, so, so the timing was a little bit off, but the overall sort of process and the different stages to, to sort of validate an idea sort of kind of aligned uh, pretty closely to, to how we kind of wanted to start kind of uh, tackling the, these new sort of uh, problems for our customers. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so for payment schedules, how did your team go about validating this or, or, or prototyping it, so to speak, before you knew that you wanted to uh, invest in, on, in this solution full time? Previously, in you know, in the old platform, uh, FreshBooks, there was a feature called partial payments, which um, kind of did uh, it. Kind of half did uh, the the way that customers were looking to bill their clients. So what that did is essentially, you know, you know, Rob, if I in- invoiced you for a thousand dollars, and you know, I sent that invoice to you, you could choose how much of that one thousand dollars you wanted to pay. Um, which you know obviously has a lot of flexibility to it, but at the same time you could put in a dollar, um, which wouldn't necessarily be great for me trying to collect you know a thousand dollars. So for a lot of our customers who moved to the new platform, they already knew that there was some sort of existing functionality which we didn't put in the new the new platform. So uh, we got a lot of customer support uh, feedback from customers who were looking you know for some sort of functionality like this. So that was kind of a big sort of indicator for us that this was a good opportunity to explore. So what we actually did is we quick, we did a quick analysis of those type of customers to figure out, you know, are there some key criteria or attributes about these customers that build their clients in this way that we could start to uh, find trends in? So what we actually did is we actually, you know, looked through our database to figure out, you know, what are some of the, these sort of key sort of uh, customer segments that are requesting this sort of functionality. And then we kind of went out to do more of a deep dive uh, into these problems with these type of customers to figure out, you know, is this a problem that uh, this general type of customer has? Um, so that kind of helped us sort of, you know, find find uh, the right people to sort of validate this, this, pro- this uh, sort of process with specifically. So when you did that deep dive, did... Uh, were your assumptions actually validated or or did you have a, a, a larger takeaway that, you know, maybe you hadn't quite uh, hit it right on the head? So I think the the problem uh, was was fairly close, uh, closely validated to, to what we kind of expected going in. But um, the actually the, the solution, the way we would actually implement it was actually quite uh, different than what we expected. So, um, you know, it, when I'm working on a, a big project, for example, um, we knew that we wanted uh, to allow our customers to break down an invoice into smaller chunks. But um, a lot of the other sort of key things that we didn't think about was, you know, how am I going to break that down? Um, so some of the technical feasibility in, in some of that was something that you know we we weren't really sure about, um, and also some of the the flexibility in uh, a lot of other features that would also need to interact with this. So for example, if I'm you know breaking an invoice into four installments, for example, um, you know 
some of the things that customers were, you know, really sort of needed if this was going to be the new way of billing is, you know, I want to send a notification to my client before an upcoming payment, for example, or uh, just remind them before their payments are due, or have a clear way of, you know, letting them know, like, hey, here are the four payments um, that uh, we sort of agree on within a given project uh, beforehand. So a lot of these kind of key, uh, a lot of these sort of like nice to have sort of features started to sort of emerge that we didn't expect going in. Having having sort of balled up all this research and, and validated and and uh, sort of fine tuned based on on that that further feedback, um, which I think is is really amazing. How do you then take all of this this very actionable information and planning and and sort of sell it up the chain? What's what's mm-hmm. the process to to you know get the green light or get the sign off within FreshBooks? So I think I think one way to look at it, you know. In you know, in other sort of companies, the way of going through a development process is you know, you do a little bit of research, then you design this sort of feature or this new thing you're working on, then it goes into development, and then it can be weeks, if not you know, several months before it actually gets shipped and it's in the hands of customers. Um, so there's a huge amount of risk in that. You know, maybe the feature isn't built the way that it's supposed to, or maybe. Where you know this feature actually isn't uh, needed for these type of customers, so the market's wrong, or um, you know a big part of this as well is pricing. Like, can we charge for this feature? Or you know, like so so there's, there's a lot of risks along the way, and this sort of process, uh, you know, the way that we sold it to to the rest of the the company at FreshBooks is that you know we have a lot of these sort of flag posts along the way that we can help de-risk some of these uh, sort of risky assumptions along the way so that we don't you know, work on a project for six or eight months to then release it, which then you know, has little to no benefit uh, for the company, but also to, to our customers. So uh, we sort of flipped it, flipped it on its head, saying, you know, if we could go out and validate, you know, uh, a given project in in a week before actually building the thing, that's that's a huge win for us. Um, and having these sort of key check-ins with customers along the way helps us validate each sort of given assumption, uh, so that we're de-risking the you know the feasibility of launching something that just doesn't doesn't fit uh, what our customers need and want. So you, you've got, uh, it sounds like your team has a ton of autonomy to identify which problems they want to work on, but you're talking about selling this into the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who in particular do you need to convince that this is a worthy investment of your, of your team's time? So, uh, you know, our, our project managers, uh, they have their own direct reports, which is, you know, VP to product, uh, as well as, uh, you know, the rest of the executive team, which include you know, the, the heads of other sort of departments within the team. So um, really, you know, once once we sort of have a key problem that we we believe we want to sort of pursue for any given time, uh, that gets kind of pitched to VP of product. Um, and then that, you know, gets sort of, uh, we get sort of feedback on that as we move along. And then that goes um, into an, an OKR for a given quarter or a given um, set time within the year that we're going to commit to, you uh, researching or investigating or building uh, this feature in this much time in a given uh, given year. So it sounds like this is all part of a larger planning exercise to identify right. items, get them on the roadmap. Um, so it sounds like from what you're describing, the time period from 
the, this large generator of ethno exercise you're doing to selling them through to the VP of product to when they actually show up on your roadmap covers a span of a couple of months or, or, or even more. For sure. Yeah. And, and so that's the right way to think yeah. about it. Yeah, that's right. So just uh, backing up maybe a, a couple of minutes, you mentioned um, framing this up in, in terms of OKRs or uh, and also having some guardrails around how you how you were sort of approaching this problem in terms of de-risking, which is which is really interesting to me. I think uh, probably most organizations have uh, those kind of internal levers that that problems need to be framed up around. And I don't I don't know how deep you can go on this, but I'm really mm-hmm. interested to know, um, you know, in, in in the world of FreshBooks, how how closely aligned with those OKRs does a does a new solution have to to be before it's it's approved or or built or or what have you? Um, so I think that that definitely depends on the different teams and what their focus areas are. You know, my team specifically, you know, given that we're in the payment space, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is is kind of tied to some of our key sort of uh, metrics that we're that we're kind of uh, responsible for, which is for us is online payments, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, you know, allowing our customers to get paid online and do transactions online. So there's a financial gain in in, in a feature that might you know pertain to that um as well as other sort of key metrics um so you know as we mentioned as i mentioned earlier one of the bigger challenges we had was not having a flexible way to build clients so as a result you know that could attribute to uh retention for customers or churn Mm -hmm. um so you know the best way for us to frame these sort of problems is you know you know for each of these sort of uh projects is you know how, like what's what's sort of the the investment that we would make, and what potential uh, metric do th- do we think we would actually be able to make a change uh, towards for the better uh, for the company in order to um, have enough value to, to to pursue that for any given time. So before you kick off a project, you've got a measurable goal yep. defined that's that your team is looking to hit with this feature. You're putting a line in the sand to say that we believe this is going to affect X change in our online payments behavior. Right. That's correct. Yeah. We kind of set those benchmarks, uh, you know, within a different, within within the process of kind of going through and validating in any given project we work on. That's, uh, it seems that kind of behavior is missing from a lot of product development work done in this world where the actual measurable outcome is not really clearly defined and understood by the team before they actually break ground on the uh, on building the feature right exactly and, and and i think that that can also help uh teams identify how much they want to invest in any given solution you know if there's a huge potential f- to increase uh you know any you know certain metric if it's you know f- uh payments in in our case if you know the feature we build has a huge potential to increase volume of payments, then we can figure out, okay, how much of an investment do we want to make before we get to the point where we realize if this is, you know, actually working or not. Um, so it could be, you know, a very lean approach or it could be, you know, several months of, you know, we actually want to build this correctly. So we're going to spend a lot of time, you know, building this from the ground up, like very strategically because we have some sort of security knowing that this could have a big impact versus other other examples where you know we don't know if it's going to have a huge impact so we might invest less time in that but we still want to get to validating that that problem right so there's some sort of ROI calculated that 
determines how much time and and resources your team should afford to sink into getting this project out the door. Did you get any pushback from from the team or leaderships on, on, on this project being a priority or even just having the same value that you necessarily saw in it? Not necessarily. Um, I think, you know, there, I think a big proponent to this was, you know, all the customer support feedback that we had going into it. So we knew there was, there was a strong enough need and there was a visible need. Uh, it wasn't just us going out and researching this new thing. Yeah. So uh, f- for the rest of the org, you know, seeing that our customers are requesting this thing, um, that kind of, or, or there, there's some sort of need for this already identified. I think that kind of helped propel us a little bit forward um, in that sense. But I, I, we didn't necessarily get a lot of pushback as we we're going through. There was definitely a lot of great feedback from, you know, VP of product and other sort of people within the org on, you know, the different uh, stages within the process and, you know, level level setting with them to make sure, you know, you know, we checked in with customer support to ensure what we're proposing actually makes sense from what they hear from customers uh, or, you know, chatting with our finance team and figuring out, uh, you know, sort of projecting what sort of impact this might have or a data team. So there, there's definitely a lot of check-ins across the org that, that happened kind of organically at FreshBooks, but um, I don't think we, we hit a lot of friction um, to say uh, specifically kind of as, as we went around trying to build, build out this feature. Nice. Okay. So you are convinced that this is a priority. You've managed to convince the team that this is a priority as well. You've defined out all of the validation milestones that you want to hit along the way. So what is the first step in the build process here? How do you how do you actually begin to break ground on a project? Right. So uh, taking all that customer research that, that we kind of uh, started off with and all those insights, we kind of break that down into uh, a lean UX sprint. Um, so what that means uh, is we kind of take this problem. We have all these insights from customer support, from our research, from other people in the org um, that help us sort of define what this problem, you know, the key problem is. Uh, and then we sort of uh, do some sort of solution brainstorming where, um, you know, uh, a product manager, a designer, um, you know, a developer or someone from our team, a technical person is, is part of that uh, ideation, as well as, you know, other other members throughout the org uh, with different specialties that might be kind of uh, useful in this sort of ideation. And we kind of go through a brainstorming exercise to figure out, you know, how might FreshBooks solve this problem? Um, and then, so that, that kind of process goes through um, kind of a lean UX sprint, um, which, you know, Technic usually sort of takes about a week to, to kind of go through to, to get to some sort of uh, high fidelity sort of MVP. And then um, what we typically do as well is kind of uh, our development team will do some sort of feasibility and scoping on the proposed solution before we actually go go forward and, and sort of validate that uh, with customers as well. So, you know, we try and get development as involved as pos- possible so that, you know, we don't go weeks and weeks ahead uh, you know, only to, to have to start over or kind of circle back to, to things that just aren't possible to be built. So I, as either part of the ideation or the, the feasibility study, is is there a notion of breaking this, this feature that you've identified and, and sort of planned out into, you know, a, a, a V1 or, a, or an MVP? Um, or, or is it 
you know, I, I guess the idea of having a, a sort of indivisible feature, like it has to be mm -hmm. at least at a certain level before yeah. it before it launches. Yes. So, so the way we went about, you know, for this given feature, um, we actually so the when we did the brainstorming exercise, it was kind of what does this full solution look like, mm -hmm. and then once we had that idea, then we could figure out, you know, are there, you know, are there a few lines that we could draw where this might be phase one, this might be phase two, this might be you know, uh, nice to have for the future. And then what, what we actually did um, as, as we sort of bring this MVP sort of idea back to our customers before we build anything, we actually uh, sort of try and pitch that idea with that phase one. So figuring out, you know, with this l l sort of set of features, is this enough to solve the problem? That way we can identify if they say no, like, actually need this other sort of piece, then we sort of can uh, have a better idea of what will encompass uh, a sort of lean MVP. So enough mm -hmm. for us to get in market with customers using it for us to actually figure out uh, how it's doing and, and whether or not that solves the problem. So uh, we kind of go back to customers uh, in, in that sort of research phase to uh, figure out exactly what, what does this whole product look like um, without having to encompass the whole end-to-end uh, -end experience. Are you putting artifacts in front of them at this point, or is it just conversational interviews that you're running? Yep. So at the end of that, that sort of one week of brainstorming, we actually develop uh, a high fidelity prototype. So it's typically like an InVision prototype, which uh, we use as an artifact to pitch the, the product uh, to, to our customers before we build it. Are you going back to the same audience throughout this process, or do you bring in new customers with each successive round of interviews and, and research that you do. Yep, so, so that's correct. So yeah, we do typically go back to the same customers. So um, you know, in, in the first part of the project where you know customers have identified this problem, we'll go back to those ones that uh, the solution still maps to that problem and figure out, hey, does this, this way of solving it, does this, uh, uh, is, is this the right approach? Is this actually uh, beneficial for, for the way that you run your business? Um, so that kind of helps us sort of do a, a level set uh, and kind of get that consistency within the, the whole project rather than going out to a new set of customers, which um, you know, that could fail for any number of uh, sort of different factors. So that kind of feels like a, another, I guess, form of, of de-risking in terms of measuring your, your predictions around the, the MVP against some, some real world usage. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you, as a team, or as even part of sort of another ideation cycle, how do you manage uh, changes or, or iterations that that you get after that that first check in with actual uh, customers? So, so once once we sort of get that feedback from our customers, we we kind of do a level set and figure out, you know, what sort of changes do we need to make? Um, you know. Up to this point, you know, all the things we kind of talked about, we haven't actually written any code yet. So, um, so the ability for us to make changes and pivot a little bit um, is is quite flexible at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's really easy as, easy for us to kind of tweak things uh, as we see fit before uh, our our development team start kind of building the foundation for the the to be feature. Even if you haven't written any code, is the development team involved at this point in any capacity, just even to provide their their input? 
Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, so they're they're definitely a huge proponent to uh, being part of that ideation session. And then they also spin up their own uh, sort of uh, sidebar where they kind of uh, do a bit of a deep dive into some of the, the scoping and feasibility into uh, potential solutions and figure out what sort of challenges on the development side might they have going forward with uh, this sort of solution as well. So they start to do a little bit of a spike into that while they're also doing other sort of work at the same time. So I, I guess at some point, uh, you know, you've you've done the 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 work of of the MVP and and going back out and and you have actually you know built the dang thing. How much how much love do do features like this get? I guess as as they move as they actually get built and launched. What's what's the process around revisiting or rethinking uh, stuff that that you have actually uh, built? So for for this feature. Uh specifically what we actually did but you know we kind of did a soft launch which where we actually out of the the 20 or so customers that we did some research with earlier on we invited them to beta essentially get beta access to this feature so we released it to about a dozen or so customers um and we gave them access to the to the fairly lean <laughs> version of the feature uh for four three to four weeks um to so we could start to figure out, you know, find some of the key bugs uh, that come up, figure out uh, what sort of additions or other features or other parts of, of this sort of solution might be missing. Um, and that just kind of de-risked the, the kind of big sort of launch for us as well. So we learned a lot along the way within that month mm-hmm. of sort of beta testing the feature, um, both internally, but also with, with uh, as I mentioned, this group of customers, um, which helped us kind of iron through a couple of key things that we wanted to uh, tighten up a little bit before uh, mainlining this sort of feature to the rest of our customers. So during that initial beta release, was there anything anything like foundational uh, that you discovered was wrong about your about your your product decisions, or was it a lot of just kind of sanding down the rough edges um, and, and discovering little bugs here and there that that was a result? So so out of the the beta uh, sort of month, um, there weren't a lot of uh, big things. There were a lot of uh, technical sort of uh, workflow issues and, and usability things that we noticed that we wanted to sort of optimize for um, for, a, for a more polished sort of shipped product. But um, there, there weren't any like major sort of uh, major sort of changes that we needed to make along the way. It was mostly just kind of finessing kind of the uh, some of the key things that either we didn't include on purpose or things that sort of came out that we knew uh, they're kind of must have sort of uh, additions to the sort of feature before. Uh, the rest of our customers would sort of be able to use it um, for their own business. So, what are the milestones that you need to hit with the beta release before your teams before your teams actually feeling confident to push this out and you know full release to your customers? So, so we are very closely monitoring the activity uh, of this of this beta group. So, uh, we set up a, a number of uh, metrics and analytics and sort of uh, things that we were keeping an eye on. Uh, throughout that process, we, we use a tool called Full Story, which uh, actually records uh, our customers using certain parts within the app. So we actually got to uh, watch customers you know using this feature, um, both video and, and sort of kind of troubleshooting uh, along the way to see how they're actually using the tool. So we could actually see you know, how long it takes someone to actually use this feature. Um, do they add it and then remove it because it wasn't what they expected? Um, are there any other sort of bugs that arise within that? So that kind of w- was a good way for us to sort of keep track and actually 
you know, within that month, figure out uh, some of the things that we think need to be improved. Um, as well, you know, at the end of that beta period as well, we reach out to our customers, uh, the same sort of group of customers, just to get some qualitative feedback as well to figure out, you know, is this something they would actually use or is this not quite there yet? How did you enjoy using Full Story? I've never actually had the chance to use it. Uh, the way we use it, we almost exclusively use it when we're launching something new. Um, it's great to build these sort of key, almost playlists of different features um, so that we can actually go through it and see if there's sort of usability uh, issues um, within any any sort of area within the product. Um, we can spot bugs. We can kind of follow up with customers. Uh, our customer support team uses it very heavily, actually. So... You know, if a customer calls in or emails in with a problem, they can actually go through full story and actually go back to the point in history where, you know, this this thing occurred or where they're having troubles and they could actually see the whole session uh, in a video recording. So that's really helpful for them to troubleshoot these sort of things where typically, you know, if someone's writing an email over the phone, it's hard to describe what they're seeing. Um, so it's, it's almost a live, it's, it's maybe like a minute or two delayed from uh, what's actually happening wow, it's incredible. Uh, in the app. So, so it's pretty, pretty incredible for that. All right. So payment schedules is live now, right? Yeah, that's right. And so you sent us the blog post. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going through FreshBooks last night and prepping all my taxes, kept coming across the payment schedules. Looks to be like the kind of thing I can work into my life in 2018. <laughs> uh, what's the... What's been the user response to it so far? So uh, we we the way we kind of did that internally is you know on like a Thursday or Friday we essentially turned on this this sort of feature for all of our customers, but we didn't actually have any marketing communications go out for another week or two, um, just you know within their sort of time frame as well. So as soon as we launched it, it was a pretty hidden feature. It was just like a link essentially on an invoice, uh, but within minutes we saw like dozens and dozens of payment schedules being added and sort of created on invoices. So, uh, you know, as soon as we launched it, we were kind of, you know, stuck in full story, kind of seeing how it's doing. And we saw this huge spike. So for us, that was a sort of, you know, amazing thing. We weren't expecting it to have a lot of discoverability um, without, you know, sort of a product update saying, hey, here's this new beautiful feature, go try it out. Um, so that, so that, that was actually really, really awesome for, you know, all of our team that spent a lot of time uh, kind of building that to get that sort of instant feedback. It was great. Um, we've got a lot of emails into support um, saying, you know, this is, you know, I've been waiting for this feature for so long. Uh, we actually got a number of, of tweets uh, from customers as well that, you know, um, said, you know, this is like the, sm- th- like, these are the little things that really make, uh, you know, Freshworks really amazing um, and, you know, make me love you even more. Uh, so so kind of hearing that, you know, that, that was definitely a sort of really great feedback for our team. And that really warms your heart, eh? Yeah, it warms your heart for sure. And, you know, it's often in product, uh, unless, you know, you're close, very close with your customer support team, a lot of people, you know, designers and developers, they don't always hear the positive things that customers are saying. So uh, being able to relay that back to our team, I think was really great for just overall morale and feeling like the the work we're doing is actually, uh, you know, having this sort of impact for our customers and seeing that impact, I think was really big for all of us. We talked earlier the, about the, uh, how you frame this up in terms of uh, like an actual tangible metric to uh, to move or to, to increase or what have you. Um, so it's it's live. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how close were you? How 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 did it actually go? So uh, 
it's it's still TBD. It's a little bit early f- to to kind of uh, report on some of those metrics. Uh, mm-hmm. We 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 kind of released this feature to customers back in at the beginning of December, and for a lot of our customers, they bill their clients on a monthly basis. So whenever we launch a feature, we often have to wait at least one a one month cycle um, for customers to potentially even see see the feature, let mm-hmm. alone use it and kind of measure some of that. So, so far, uh, in, we're, we're pretty close. Uh, we're kind of hitting the, the key targets that we had. Um, given that December and January, or December is, is kind of a low month for a lot of our, our customers, January, once the new year starts, kind of spikes back up. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of report back on that. But it, it's definitely kind of getting a lot of exposure, um, a little bit more than we were expecting. So it's, it's, a, it's a really good sign for us. How's your team actually tracking the the product and the usage data? Do you and and how are they exposed to it? I guess is the better question. Do they have the TVs on the walls with the with Google Analytics and product usage data there, or are are the PMs sending around reports every week? How's the team getting exposed to this? Right. So our our uh, project managers on each team are kind of responsible for uh, building these sort of dashboards for themselves and and for the team. So um, often at our like daily standups, uh, they'll kind of report how, how features we've launched or doing, um, but they're also accessible to, to others within the org as well. Um, so, so that's kind of one of the key ways that we keep, keep up to date and kind of keep everyone updated. Uh, occasionally we do org wide all hands where we kind of share, um, the success or, you know, failure stories, uh, of, of, uh, things within, uh, experiences within the product of how we launch things so that, you know, other people in the org can learn from, you know, uh, the sort of process that we've gone through as well. So um, I'm sure in, in, you know, in the months to come, we'll probably be presenting this to the rest of the, the org as well around this sort of process, uh, the good and bad things that we learned going through this and uh, sort of kind of sharing, uh, I guess, where we're at with that and how that's doing today. So your team is actually using your, your daily standups, not just to look ahead at the work to be done, but also to look back at the work that has been done, the stuff that's been released, just kind of seeing how it's performing, how people are reacting to it. Uh, it's, it seems unique. I'm, I'm not sure enough teams really bake in the, uh, the, the looking back on the work and measuring the work into their process. Yeah. It, I think it's really big just to, um, you know, in, in, you know, product development, it's easy to just ship something and kind of move on to the next sort of project and not look back. Yeah, I, I assume that was successful. Yeah, everyone probably loves that, right? <laughs> it's probably doing pretty good. Um, so, so that's kind of one of the things that we've been trying to focus on as well is how do we keep, you know, keep the work that we complete or something that we launch? Like, how do we keep that top of mind and uh, continue to keep 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 an eye on it to see how it's doing and figure out are there ways in which we might want to sort of come back to that um, as, as we kind of go forward as well, because, you know, over time we might identify that, Hey, there's another problem with this, or this caused a problem to a different place within the, the plot, the, the app. So, um, keeping these sort of top of mind, help us sort of figure out, you know, do we need to revisit this, this project or are there things that, you know, we left behind that we might want to pick up. Mm-hmm. So with this end to end, uh, new process uh, starting with with research which which you said was was pretty pretty new for your team pretty new for the organization do you think that allowed you to be more accurate in in how you thought this would turn out i think so yeah it it definitely i mean as as a designer um i can definitely say that i felt a little bit more confident going through this process because um it 
it kind of de-risks a lot of the upfront work that design often does uh, mm-hmm. in, in the product development process. So I felt more comfortable, comfortable, you know, as we're sort of going through this and as, you know, de- our development teams are building this feature that we're not building it one way that might not work for other people or that we're kind of, you know, uh, going down a rabbit hole uh, in some senses. So I felt a lot more comfortable um, just kind of always having those check-ins with customers along the way to ensure that we're on the right track or what we're focused on is, is actually hitting those, those kind of key needs for them as well. So I think that really helped, helped me feel a bit more confident going through this, uh, rather than getting to launch day for this feature and just kind of like biting your, you know, biting your nails, trying to figure out like, is this, is this going to do well or not? Based on that, what would you say is the, the one big takeaway that you had from this experience? What, what's the one big learning you got from pushing payment schedules out the door? I think the big learning is that um, you know this this was kind of a little bit rough because it was the first or second time going through this process. But as as you sort of go through the these different stages uh, with with new sort of ideas, you can really get you know go through all those steps in a very short amount of time. Um, there's a lot of ways to trim down the the sort of overhead um, in this process. So I think that was a big learning for us that we could actually do this process again over for you know an, another new feature in probably half the time or less less than that. So we can actually speed up this process as we sort of uh, become more comfortable with it as well. So looking forward to, to sort of new opportunities for us as well. I think we can really get kind of speed up that process. Uh, so that's that's pretty exciting. So that'll do it for us for this episode. If you enjoyed this, it helps a lot if you leave a review or rating on iTunes or recommend this podcast to a friend. And a big thank you to Eric for joining us today and to you for tuning in. If there's anybody you'd like to hear tell their product story on Framework or you'd like to tell a product story of your own, please do get in touch. All the contact details can be found on our website.